Okay, everybody. I have something really cool to tell you about. If you haven't heard yet about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain here. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will uh, distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one single place. Now, the way that you can do this is you got to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. And then you can get started. It's really fun. We just switched over recently here at All Too Real 2, and I'm enjoying it so far. So be sure to check it out and uh, let us know what you think. Hey everybody, welcome to the latest episode of All Too Real 2. My name is Michael E. Cullen II, and with me as always is... Is Matthew... Uh, I can't come up with a fake name. Alright, Matthew Haas. <laughs> That's a weird middle name. Anyways, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, today on the show we have an All Too interview... This time with uh, Julian Mack, who is a Toledo local um, activist um, and uh, hopefully soon politician. Um, he's running for uh, city council, um, just starting up his campaign. Um, we are uh, got an exclusive interview with him about uh, what he wants to uh, <clears throat> do with his, uh, you know, what he wants to see accomplished in the city. I know this is something different than what we normally do on the show, but uh, I thought it was kind of important to uh, just show that, uh, you know, there are a lot of people in the world that uh, we should shine spotlights on, like uh, like Julian. He's a really good guy. Um, there's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, creativity in different ways. You know, normally we're talking about movies and uh, music and whatnot, and uh, but his creativity is really cool, too, when it comes to when it comes to uh, things such as Black Lives Matter and uh, other things, and we get to talk about all the things that he would like to see done in the city. Um, and uh, even if you're not from Toledo, it's kind of cool to listen to because it basically is, you know, showing how progressive people can be and, you know, changing the world. Um, yeah. There was a couple uh, instances here with some audio issues in the interview. Um, so... I apologize for that ahead of time. Um, hopefully, it doesn't turn you off. Um, but yeah, 
Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Anyways, um, here's my interview with uh, Julian Mack. Um, how you doing tonight um, with all the craziness in the world and everything? Not bad, all things considered, right? I keep adding that caveat yeah. to it because, um, you know, people talk a lot about mental health and stuff like this, um, especially recently, and I think it's a good conversation. But, um, you know, we're living in unprecedented times. We're in the midst of an attempted coup. Um, we're living through a pandemic and we're living through, I mean, really a, another depression. Uh, so if all those things combined aren't affecting you at some level, are you really sane? Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, like, <laughs> are you so, are you human? <laughs> right, right. So all things considered, um, <laughs> you know. Hanging in there, hanging in there, all things considered. <laughs> Thanks for asking. No problem. Um, so uh, just to start, uh, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself um, and, you know, how you got into, like, activism and uh, running for city council and all that thing? Sure. Um, no, there's a long version and a short version. Um, got all the time in the but world. But I'm, I'm born and... <laughs> all right. Well, I'm born and raised in Toledo. Uh you know, I, I always give credit to to that activism, I guess you could say, gene coming from my mother. Uh, she was 18 and I think the, the most influential year of the 20th century, which was 1969. And she helped form like the Black Student Union at BG. Um, and at that point in time, they had a demand where there were only 100 Black students at, at BG. Right? Oh, wow. <laughs> if you think it back to that time. And they wanted to double black enrollment. Right. That was the simple ask um, that year. And, and they and they did. Right. And so um, kind of from that mold is where I come from. Right. But my mom wasn't super radical. She grew up in a really, really small rural town. Um, and my dad is an auto worker and a small business work, uh, small business owner. And so then, you know, the hardest working man I've ever met because he works full time at Chrysler and, and still runs and operates his own business. And so from that, you get me, right, which is kind <laughs> of a combination of the two. Um, and, you know, I, I remember my first protest. I got involved in, you know, being politically aware or woke, if you call it, <laughs> at a really young age. Right? Like I was... Uh, in the first grade, I went to First Church of God uh, school, and there was a Nike sign on my shoes, and my mom put tape on top of it and said that we're boycotting them uh, because <laughs> of the apartheid in South Africa. Right. Yeah. So in the first grade, I learned how to say apartheid. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and so... Uh, it, it didn't continue at that at that pace for the rest of my life. But um, I guess when I started to think a little bit for myself, I was um, junior high. Right? There was uh, this program Marcy Captor had called Youth Democracy Corps. And I grew up in the Reynolds Corner area, which is the same area that uh, Marcy Captor's from. And um, and we got to like meet Olympians. I got to meet the president of Poland. 
right? And, and other elected leaders. And so from that kind of formative age, um, a lot of people I feel like are intimidated uh, by elected officials and, and elected officials do try to intimidate people, right? This is a real thing. Um, but because I grew up with that kind of lens, I don't look at them that, like that, right? And, um, you know, so I started, my first campaign I worked on was for TPS for a school levy when I was like 13. And um, Jack Ford ran for state rep, I think in 98. And I helped work on that campaign. And um, kind of the, the short version is, um, well, the longer version is I, I went to college was college Democrats president. And like, it was very much in line with like this Clinton-esque um, moderate Democrat, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he's the first black president, quote unquote type <laughs> thing. Right. And then uh, real life hit. I, I got a DUI for having weed in my car. Right. Just for having it in my car. Yeah. And then I got another one because I didn't stop smoking weed. And so I had two DUIs <laughs> in like a year and a half period um, simply for having weed in my car. Right. So like life hit me. Right. I got two yeah. DUIs. Um, had my first uh, daughter. Right? And um, I mean, frankly, here's the thing. I couldn't I couldn't afford an apartment. Right. I couldn't. Uh, afford to pay off the fines. I couldn't get health insurance. Right. And frankly, um, like the lack of being able to, I mean, really financially support myself and my family felt just demasculating. Right. And sent me into this very real depression. You know what I mean? And when I looked at you know, these people that I had looked up to uh, my whole life to, you know, like, why is, why am I going through this, right? Like, those policies, um, I realized that some of those policies were, <laughs> were why I was struggling, right? And um, that, that this isn't right, something needs to change. And so, uh, subsequently, I would also um, be harassed by law enforcement a lot, right? Like when you're on probation, it's a totally different world. Like I didn't get in trouble at school at all. Yeah. I never had even BIC, right? And so I wasn't really used to being in trouble, but um, but I would get harassed by law enforcement all the time, right? I remember even one time uh, I went into a store, a gas station, a Circle K, and they thought me and my friend were going to rob it because we were recording our stuff buying snacks, right? And um, and so I, I really thought that, you know, I was going to, at some point, um, end up a hashtag, right? Like, and uh, I wanted to find some way to try to fight the power without actually fighting. Like, I was mad enough to fight, right? But um, I guess out of self-preservation, I didn't think that was the best idea. And so I just decided to one day on my lunch break after I saw what happened in Ferguson, I started doing exactly what they did and walking with my hands up. 
you know, yeah. on my lunch break because um, I couldn't drive to Ferguson, right? And uh, a couple months later, a group called the Community Solidarity Response Network uh, of Toledo ended up forming. And then I didn't have to do that by myself, you know, and it really wasn't by myself. Like there were other people who would join or record sometimes. Um, but you know, that, that I did start off by myself. I remember being on the corner by myself, looking to my left, looking to my right, my hands shaking and being like, you know what? I'm just going to do this because uh, it's uh, something that needs attention brought to it. Right. And so that that's how I got um, involved in activism. That's how I got involved in activism. And that was in 2014. And it's it's a good space to be in. Um in life it comes with its challenges but also mm -hmm. politically it's on the it's on the like it's the group of people that are influencing the powerful people i guess right like and that's 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 our right spot to be yeah you want to be on the right side of history exactly <laughs> um so uh what led you to then uh want to decide to run for city council so um, I actually have always wanted to run for Toledo City Council uh, ever since I was young. Um, but frankly, there were people on city council that I, uh, I hadn't, that weren't listening, right? Um, there's an infamous incident that I had with a, a city council person, um, Councilman Sykes at the time, yeah. right? Uh, where kind of to give some background of this story. Um, so Jeff Sessions uh, Department of Justice was doing um, what they called uh, the public safety partnership, right, where they would be monitoring all of these like mid-major kind of, if you're into sports or, or collegiate sports, like Mac-like cities. So like yeah. uh, Lido, uh, Charlotte, like all these mid-major, Charlotte might be a little on the bigger side, uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, right? all of these blue places on a political map that were surrounded by red. And I'm like, yo, why are we doing this? And like Toledo City Council has no say in it, has no opinion. Mm. Like you all are just ignoring it. Like this is going to dramatically affect uh, poor people, and black and brown folks in our city. Like, how can you have no opinion on it? How can you act like this is not happening? And, um, you know, he was running for city council at that point in time. And I kept asking him, like, what are you doing for the people? What are you doing for black people? Because that was kind of the thing that he would throw out there to, to get votes. I'm like, you're not doing anything. You've been an elected official since I've been 16 years old, right? And, and I've been following you. And so, um, so like we kind of had a conflict and, um, and it went nowhere, right? Like nothing ended up happening and it became very frustrating. Right? like, you know, I believe in protesting. I think there it's cathartic, right? Like even if you have a lot of pent up energy, but at some point, uh, we have to, take power and build power mm -hmm. right and i don't feel like 
I feel like there's a large part of Toledo's population that goes unrepresented and unheard, right? And uh, we see that in many of the decisions that they make, right? Like I've been a part of, so since I've been an activist, let me put it to you this way. Um, I've been a part of four, or excuse me, three citizens initiatives uh, that city council chose not to pass, right? So I've had my name on three laws that have been passed and help organize with other people to pass these laws that city council wouldn't touch. Uh, that's sensible Toledo, which decriminalize, which is supposed to decriminalize marijuana. Um, uh, uh, move to amend, which was spo- supposed to get money out of politics. <laughs> right? And and the Lake Erie Bill of Rights, which is uh, supposed to give rights to Lake Erie to, um, to help it fight uh, essentially corporate farms, yeah. right? That poison it and create some sort of accountability. And I got I got to actually go go and speak at the United Nations for that, oh, wow. right? And so um, that's all stuff City Council could have done, but chose not to do. And then we had to collect thousands of signatures, like over 10,000 signatures as a community to get this passed and it passed. So like at some point you have to say there's a breakdown, the people, uh, they're not listening to the people and we need to do something about it. And one of the, the um, citizens initiatives we're working on right now is a thing to get rid of these uh, red light cameras. Yeah. Right. That nobody likes <laughs> trying to put on. Right. Um, and so that's, that's kind of, so so at some point, right, like, at least for me, um, kind of being a student of history and being somebody that's watched city council for a long time, like, I want to stop um, asking and begging for them to do something different and get in there and do something different. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I know that, uh, yeah, Sykes was a very interesting it is is a very interesting character. I uh, used to work at a Blockbuster video years ago, and he was a customer there. And uh, there was one time, I can't remember what it was, he was telling off one of my coworkers and saying, do you know who I am and all this other stuff. So I totally, I understand. He just seems like an arrogant guy. That's basically all he is. I don't know. Um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I just that's my only impression of him, like personally, at least. And I I had to step in and basically I think he had a late fee and he was pissed off about it. And so it was just the stupidest thing. I mean, I'm just like, yeah, nobody cares who you are. You have to pay a late fee just like anybody else. (laughs) It's the company policy. That's (laughs) that's the thing, man, is like in leadership, um, there's a Cornell West quote. You you can't you can't Mm -hmm. save people if you don't serve people. Yeah. Um. You know, and so you have to be a servant, right, of the of the people, and um, you know that some people aren't in it for that, yeah, right, and uh, and it's very clear, <laughs> and so they need to go, they need to get out of here, man. Yeah, you, <laughs> like, we we need fresh uh, fresh faces like you in there, in my opinion, um, because <clears throat> you know new opinions are are better than you know just people that are in it for the fact that they're of the power or whatever, you know, and I think that goes all the way to the national level, obviously, but it's just, you know, cause people, a lot of most, I'm mean, sadly, most politicians don't really give a shit about the people. They, they care about, 
themselves and their power, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Um, so, um, what, uh, what, like, is the major one thing you would like to see changed in Toledo, if you could? Um, well, there, there, there's not one. There's there, but I, I will narrow it down to two. Okay. Uh, so what I want, what I, what I call safety reconstruction, mm-hmm. right? The uh, and it's what you've seen, really the the largest uprising in American history for over the summer, right? People are fed up with how policing works in America and the not just policing, but in general, the, the criminal justice system, um, all of these systems, right, that don't serve people. Um, we have to, but but like before we even get into how we um, can effectively build, like we have to think about rethink, reimagine safety. We have to reimagine safety. And so um, with the, you know, I am a firm believer that our current safety structure is failing. Um, You know, I have family that are police officers and all that. And that doesn't, uh, you know, I I think you can be critical of the way the institution functions, you know, and uh, still have respect for the individuals, right. That, 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 uh, sacrifice, you know, their time and their life, right, to try to make the community better. But if we have to look at the institution and the way it functions, it's failing, right? It's failing. Um, and, and police don't respond to crime. Uh, the police don't prevent crime. They respond to it, excuse me. And so, like, when there's a conversation, uh, say, about defunding the police, um Right, that's a buzzword. People get scared when you say that, right? Oh, no, let's not defund the police, right? But um, essentially, (laughs) the the whole role of policing has expanded uh, over the past 40 or so years. And, um, and we have, and it's not working. It's not keeping us safer, right? We're, we're, we're right here in Toledo. We're at 54 murders for the year. The record is, uh, is 60. And we're on pace to probably break that, right? Um, That is indicative of a clear failure, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So what I would say is that we need need to do more to prevent crime from happening in the first place, not just spend more money on responding to crime, right? And I can say this because I've been in a... I've been in that bad headspace, right? Like people who are addicted, people who are depressed, people who are in poverty are willing to do some things that um, mentally healthy, uh, securely, you know, people who are secure in their resources wouldn't do. And I can tell you because I've been on both sides of the fence. Mm. And, um, and so right how do we how do we really eliminate some of the worst aspects of poverty right how do we tackle um addiction right in a more humane way instead of just throwing somebody in a cage it's not gonna you know what i mean that doesn't really help somebody uh fight addiction right in fact that i would i would say it, it exacerbates the circumstances um and and you know i'm going on actually 
22 months of sobriety now, I can tell you that from my personal experience, right? Like I, 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 uh, right. I was going to jail was the worst thing <laughs> for my addiction ever. Like the first time I I've ever seen anybody actually, we're in the middle of an opioid epidemic epidemic. First time I ever saw that opioid was in the Lucas County jail. Hmm. You know what I mean? And so, um, so yeah, like we have to rethink public safety, right? It's not working. Uh, the other thing is uh, our political system is broken. Yeah. Right. Um, we're dealing with, uh, you know, yesterday I just saw in Cincinnati, um, one of the more pro- progressive people that was running for mayor, PG Sittenfield, uh, got arrested by the FBI. Right. We've dealt, So that's three out of their nine in Cincinnati city council people. Um, and there's what four out of the 12 city council people here in Toledo, but it doesn't stop there. No. Right. Um, the speaker of the Ohio house, right. Was involved in a corruption scandal. Um, and we're not talking about a couple thousand dollars. We're talking about $1 billion bailout with first energy. You know what I mean? And, and wow. he personally got like 60 some million. Right. And that was spread throughout all of Ohio. Um, and then, you know, I, I'm not even going to get into uh, uh, the, the Trump theatrics and, and yeah. everything that corrupt with that. Right. Like that's well documented. People can watch that on the news. Right. Yeah. But um, but uh, <laughs> but so I think what that shows, though, is that there's a broken system. Right. And that we have money drowning out the voices of people like me and you. I- I- elections should not be about who can raise the most money, right? Like that's, 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 I've worked some terrible jobs in my life. One of them was as a bill collector, right? I'm not running for office to be a glorified bill collector and raise money, right? And and, and fundraiser. I'm running to actually impact and affect people's lives. Elections and public service should be about the best ideas and who can help the community the most, not who can raise the most money. And right now it's not set up like that. And that's why people, I think, um, more and more are turning away and becoming apathetic to politics is they're like, it doesn't matter. It does matter. Yeah. But the system is designed to keep regular working folks like me and you uh, can to minimize our voices because we don't um, come from a lot of wealth. You know what I mean? And that has to change. Right. That that fundamentally breaks down um how what makes this country work effectively right and so um getting money out of politics and safety reconstruction are my two biggest pieces yeah i think uh yeah the 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 whole apathy thing is just sad like i've like there's a guy i work with i said something to him about something vaguely political and he's just like i don't give a crap about politics at all he's like i don't care uh you know in like he didn't even know that Donald Trump was married. Like, that's how little he knows about politics. I mean, that's just a simple little thing. I mean, it has nothing to do with the actual political aspects of it, but he knows so little about politicians that he didn't even know our president had a wife. And it's just, it's just kind of sad when stuff like, I I just didn't think people like that actually existed who didn't pay attention, but that's maybe because I paid attention most of my life. I mean, I was, 
very conservative as a kid, sadly. But then as I got older, I became very progressive. So it's like, you know, I probably over the last, you know, 20 years or so, I became more progressive than I was when I was when I was a kid because I grew up in a Republican household. But the um, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's OK. Like at yeah. some point we, we do yeah. that. Like we yeah. grew up in, in a moderate Democrat household right mm-hmm. that that where clinton was cool because yeah. he could play the sax i play i grew up playing the saxophone yeah. right like partially <laughs> because of clinton right and i got most musical in my class right like this is a huge part but now like i can't stand I, well i make a direct connection now i just see as an adult the direct connection between um you know reagan uh, uh the war on drugs funded by Reagan, increased or, or, you know, um, conceptually came up with by by Reagan, right, funded um, by Bill Clinton. Like, let's call it what it is, right? Like, what impacted my life was the war on drugs, which was a war on brown and black people, specifically um, and disproportionately, like with weed, right? Like, let's keep it keep it all the way funky here. And and so... um, the irony is is that we're seeing it is as a you know legalized throughout our lifetimes and uh you know it it worked as a modern day jim crow mm-hmm. right um and, and so you know i i think it's it's fine like we all grow up with these preconceived notions of politics based on the framing of our parents yeah and that's cool and the thing I encourage every, that's fine. Like we all do, but now like with the, there's the interesting thing we got here. Cause it's the, the, the internet has democratized information. Yeah. Right. And so anything you want to know, you can find out about it. But I think that we have to be careful at verifying what is legitimate, good information. Right. Because not everything on the internet as, as I think, you know, <laughs> is, is true. true right. <laughs> Um, I, I think Abraham, I saw on the internet, Abraham Lincoln said that, right? Like, oh, yeah. so <laughs> he did, didn't he? <laughs> of course. All right. And so, um, so we're in this really weird moment politically where like, we don't know, are these social media sites going to try, going to start fact checking politicians, Twitter? Yes. Facebook? No. You know what I mean? Yeah. Our, and it's, it's a democracy can only work as well as the citizens are informed. Right. And so if folks aren't and and as well as, as people participate in it, you know what I mean? And so um, we're at a really interesting time right now. And and I don't know how it's going to shake out, brother. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Yeah. It's a, it's, it's just so scary. I mean, the, the whole idea of, the political landscape anyways hopefully we end up with a different president um and but i mean sadly i i mean i'm not a big fan of biden either but still he's better than what we have which is which is good because i just think the the whole the whole political system is the the whole two-party system is what is wrong with this country in my opinion and i'm not saying that we should have more parties or we should have less parties but the thing is it's the problem that like if the Republicans had a great idea or the Democrats had a great idea, the other side is going to disagree with it just because they didn't come up with it. It's so stupid. Right. 
and I, yeah. I like, don't know. Like, for yeah. example, uh, Obamacare is a Republican idea that that came Omni in Massachusetts, right? Like, that you would think a lot of Republicans would agree on. Yeah. But because of the let me plug. Give me give give you another plug on one of the things that um, uh, we're kind of working in, in the time. So maybe the hopefully this this interview will age well. But uh, ranked choice voting, right? So ranked choice voting is um, one of the things that uh, we're going to try to introduce in Ohio in the next couple years where, you know, you rank your choices one through five, right? Yeah. Whoever, excuse me, whoever wins has to get at least 50% of the vote, right? So if you know, that wasn't your first choice or second choice, we're not red and blue, right? There's shades, there's shades of purple, there's dark red, there's dark navy blue, there's light blue, you know what I mean? And we're not, our elections aren't capturing an accurate, accurate uh, picture of our electorate and our beliefs, you know what I mean? And yeah. so, so we're getting, um, you know, we're just getting red or blue, right? When it's, when, when our opinions are far more diverse than that. And right now we don't have the political mechanism to express those beliefs uh, electorally, right? And so hopefully, um, so ranked choice voting is one of the tools that can create that ha to happen. Um, getting money out of politics uh, in publicly funded elections is another thing. And then also ending gerrymandering, right? And, and having yeah. fair districts regardless. Cause right now we have these districts where, you know, um, it doesn't like the guy who's running, uh, Nick Robando ran against uh, Bob Latta for Congress. He's, he's uh, Bob Latta's dad was a Congressman. And this is um, for the space of BG, right? Yeah. And west of that, <clears throat> all the way up to South Toledo, yeah. right? And so his district covers 14 counties, bro. Wow. 14 <laughs> counties, right? And there's no way that anybody, and he was a good candidate, right? Like he's hmm. around our age. and But there was no way that anybody <laughs> else can reasonably win that, you know? And so these... Um, some of these politicians are functioning like monarchies, right? I, I love Marcy Cather, but she's had that seat longer than I've been alive, and I'm 36. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's this, right? Like, I'm not a spring chicken. To, you yeah. know what I mean? She's had that seat almost 40 years. I know. You know? So, like, people are under, like, <laughs> I, I, I get frustrated when I hear, like, some of my political friends get upset at people who are who become apathetic no i understand why folks are apathetic uh and and i yeah. get it but we need people in the system that change what is frustrating people with the political system and that's what i hope to do and that that's the kind of agent of change that i that i hope to be um I, you know, if I'm if I'm lucky enough to get elected, I agree with you. I think the ranked choice voting is the way to go too. Because I uh, I never even knew about it until about a year ago, and I heard uh, this uh, podcast where they were talking about it and how Australia does that and how how well it works there. They also um, 
basically almost make it mandatory that you vote in Australia. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying we should necessarily make it mandatory that everybody votes, but it wouldn't be a bad thing. And they, they also their their uh, their election days are national holidays. You know, <laughs> some of this stuff isn't that isn't that complicated. No, right? like, no, you should have to opt out to vote, not opt in. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like you should automatically be registered to vote. Like, yeah. You know, mean to tell me the government doesn't know where you live, know your address. Yeah. They know these things. You should be autom- It should be automatic. <laughs> now, if for uh, uh, religious beliefs or something like that, if you don't vote, fine. Yeah, it's understandable. <laughs> Yeah, it's simple. Just opt out. But, you know, this all of this work that goes into voter registration is ridiculous. Like um, one of the things my my girlfriend did this year was uh, she registered people to vote at the jail, which was actually a really cool project. Yeah. Um, You can people don't know that they can't they can vote even in jail. You can vote if you have a felony. The only time, at least in Ohio, you can't vote is if you're currently serving time for your felony. Right. So other than that, you can vote. But you have to you know, it's it's there are people who don't want you to vote. They know uh, I, I think they know how folks. I mean, let's 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 not dance around it. Right. This country was when this country was founded. You had to own property to vote, right? Yeah. And it had to be white man, right? Like, mm-hmm. and if you didn't fit in one of the, you know, in those categories, you couldn't vote. Yeah. Right? And so the 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 challenge of us as a as a people in this nation, we have this wonderful uh, ideal of America, but we've yet to actualize that for all of us here. Right. It's never been true. Life, liberty and pursuit of happiness has never been true for anybody, (laughs) for everybody here in America. Right. Right. And so it's it's a wonderful thought. It's a wonderful aspiration. Um, You know, but it just hasn't been true. So how the question is, is how do we make the uh, founders ideals? Because they were flawed men as well. Very flawed men. But they got they got some things right. How do we make that apply to everybody? You know what I mean? And and so um, that is the challenge that every generation has had to uh, take up. You know what I mean? And, and I view this activist work or even view this, you know, if I'm lucky enough love to, to serve on city council, I view that as just doing what... Somebody has to do that work of this generation, I think, I'm qualified to and, and should. Yeah, We have to do all we can to push the paradigm forward as much as we can while we're here. Um, <clears throat> so uh, to, uh, to, to get on the topic of my podcast, <laughs> um, I'm just going to ask you, uh, what, uh, what do you think is like probably the best like political movie ever made? Just uh, kind of just ask, you know, just your opinion on that. Oh. Oh my gosh. Um I actually love political I love documentaries. Yeah, me too. Right? Like I'm I'm always um trying to to learn more, mm-hmm. right? And um 
Oh man, I wish I would have prepared for this question a little oh, more. Oh, that's fine. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I, I don't have I, I don't have a favorite. I can't yeah. pick a favorite now. But uh there are some really good ones that are um worth checking out. Yeah. There's a there's a new one on uh HBO called Agents of Chaos. All right. Uh, I think is fantastic, right? Um mm-hmm. fact of the matter is and I'm not a, I'm not a tin hat guy right like yeah. i'll look at you know i'll look at the stuff that people say oh 9 11 is a conspiracy but, but i don't i look at it very uh uh subjectively right like yeah. but here's here's a fact right um is we are in the middle of a, of, a, of a third world war right but it is cyber it's being fought online and um i like many of us just don't know it and don't realize what's going on around us. Right. And this was actually started. And this is what the movie is about. Um, I'm not going to spoil the whole thing, but essentially if you remember uh, back in like 2009, um, Iran and I think it was North Korea kept trying to shoot off nuclear weapons. Mm -hmm. Right. And they kept messing up. Well, that was because the United States <laughs> hacked their system, <laughs> right? And, and um, yeah, they basically hacked their computers and they were messing them up on purpose. That was the first time that that had ever been done um, from one country to another. Yeah. Right. And so once you kind of open that door, now other countries start hacking other countries, right? Like as a way to destabilize what is normal. Okay. So like we know for a fact that this also happened in the um, 2016 election, right? With uh, misinformation, right? So like one of the things, and, and it's not one side, right? So like, it's not just Tea Party propaganda. There was also like Black Lives Matter propaganda, right? Trying to convince folks not to vote, right? Or, or to be apathetic and yeah. to not participate in the system. And this is was done by uh, Russian troll farms, right? Yeah. This, is, this is not, so like, this is a real thing. And so, um, so like, I even, when, when we think about what is happening now, and let me localize it, on the first day of school here in Toledo, Toledo Public Schools, system was hacked wow. right like and and so and because the way that these attacks work is they're not they're not shutting down the entire electrical grid mm-hmm. right because if that happened boom you shoot a nuke right <laughs> we, we that's serious right we go to war for that but if you what if you just hack a public school system you know what i mean and they shut down for a day well that doesn't necessarily warrant a full military comeback Right. And so there are these like soft. If you remember, this also happened with um, with the movie. Um, what was that movie with Seth Rogen and Kim Jong? Um, oh, uh, the the interview. Yeah, the interview. Yeah. Remember right before that movie came out, like oh, the, all of the, the Sony hack. Yeah. Sony hack. Yeah. Right. Like this is being done by governments, but it's like, OK, well, if you. If you hack the United States government, well, that's that's an act of war. But if you hack, hack Sony, right, and just mm. release their emails, well, we might not respond to that, you know. Yeah. And so, like, that's what we're really um, 
That's like a really relevant thing that I think we should all be aware of that we don't realize what's going on around us and how important uh, the, the currency of information and legitimate information is that we deal with right now. That was a good answer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I. Uh, <laughs> um, is there uh, anything else you'd like to say before uh, before I let you go here um, or where people can reach you or anything? Yeah, yeah. One, I mean, you got to have me on again. I will. I really sure. like this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, please, everybody. I'm running a people funded campaign um, right now. I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm running with a party or not. Right. Because I want to I want to be for the people. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and not I've been around parties enough to know uh, some of them will try to stifle or smolder your voice. So I need help. And, and unfortunately, I, I am trying to well, I am trying to change the way that um, elections are funded. But right now they're not changed. Yeah. So if any, so if you can go to macforus.com, right, you can donate uh, as little as a dollar. Uh, I think you can donate up to like 500 or 1000 if you want to. Right. Yeah. But you can donate and I do need your help. Um, follow me on Twitter, follow me on Facebook at golden rule Mac. I would really appreciate it. And, uh, send me a message. I do message back. Uh, I believe in that interaction and, 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 you know, if you want to talk to me, I'm accessible. Awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and I'll definitely link all that stuff in the, uh, in the show notes of the uh, episode and everything so people can find you. Um, and yeah, we will for sure have you on again sometime soon, um, before, the election happens or anything like that whenever you want to just let us know and uh all right hey thank you very yeah. much for everything you do and um you know all power to the people okay that was my interview with julian mack uh good interview there um lots of insight and a lot of things um we did talk a little bit about uh movies and things after uh we uh towards the end there so hopefully that'll uh satisfy our listeners here <laughs> you know who come come to us you know with our normal irreverent you irre- irre- i can't say it right now irreverent <laughs> there you go uh take on pop culture you know subjects yes. um so uh yeah what's going on in your life here matt not much really just you know um just not going out a lot, just taking it easy, trying to be safe, all that stuff. That is good and and smart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, um, hope everybody enjoyed that interview. Um, if you have any uh, questions or anything for um, for any of us, and you want to, you know, know more about Julian Mack, there'll be uh, some links in the show notes. Um, you know, just. I recommend getting active in your local community. You know, it's where it all starts. And, uh, if you want to see any kind of change in the world. Yep. Um, so, uh, until next time, folks, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to all two real two podcast, a Cullen park production produced and edited by Michael E. Cullen, the second. Music by Matthew Haas. Subscribe and share the show. Visit us at CullenPark.com.